Hello and welcome to another installment of Bar Talk Podcast, bringing you everything you need to know about law via discussions, interviews, and news updates. Welcome back to another edition of the Omaha Bar Association Bar Talk Podcast. I am Dave Summers, Executive Director of the Omaha Bar Association. We are here in the offices of Bradley Law Firm. Joe Bradley, hello. Hi, Dave. Thanks for having me. We have Patrick McNamara of McNamara Law. Hello, Patrick. Hi. Hi, Dave. Thank you for having me. Hello. Welcome, Jordan Holst from Ellick Jones. Glad to be here. All right, so this is the second of two podcasts. The first have been lost forever due to my failure as the recording host, and apologies, but Joe and I kicked it out of the park about two weeks ago on the same topic. Uh, For those of you who want to hear it, please call us and (laughs) talk to us about it. Um, But we're here today to talk about a subject that's near and dear to most of our hearts. It's you could say it's a force within us. It's um, and um, these puns are fantastic. Keep them coming. I, I have many more puns. Did you write them in advance? I do write my puns in advance, like any Good any host. really mo- m- mediocre. Like in, like any Juan would. <laughs> thank you. Oh wow, that's oh. thank you. <laughs> Joe comes over the top with another pun. <laughs> So we're sitting here talking about Star Wars, but as we are attorneys, we'd like to look at this from the legal side of things. Um, the biggest, well, let's let's start at the beginning, as Star Wars did not do, but went back to after starting midway through. So let's start in the middle and then go back to the beginning. So in 2012, Star Wars franchise, along with Indiana Jones, Lucasfilm, the entire franchise was sold to Disney for a whopping four billion dollars in stock options which i believe now is worth eight billion dollars in stock with that changeover indiana jones star wars now being made by disney which some have called the evil empire uh, we will get into that in a little bit but we want we want to talk about the the sale a little bit some of the legalese around that but also talk about where lawyers stand in the universe of star wars uh, what we see as some glaring holes, perhaps, in the legal framework that is the um, Trade Federation and and beyond, and also just nerd out. So if you're looking for a coherent step-by-step process through Star Wars, you're not going to get it. There's going to be a lot of inside jokes, a lot of tangents, so watch out. Bring out your lightsabers, put in your buns, Put on your cloaks. Phrasing, dude. Phrasing. I know. (laughs) (laughs) Always phrasing with me. And and with that, we're going to start on the Star Wars podcast. I think uh, maybe it's a starting point. Joe, do you have a little quiz that you'd like to throw out there? Yes, just to to wet our palates. I have a a little Star Wars quiz that I've created here. So when, when Disney bought Lucasfilm... There had been all of these Star Wars novels that had been written for many, many years. Uh, but when they bought that, they said that that was no longer canon, meaning that those things no longer happened within the larger Star Wars universe. But there are many, many books, some with very kind of kooky names, uh, most of which I have read because who needs friends? Uh, so <laughs> I, I'm going to throw out, I'm going to throw out some of these names. Uh, two of them are are true names of a book, 
One of them is a fake name. Let's see if you guys can spot it. Now, Dave's already taking this quiz, so no cheating, Dave. Yep. All right, here's three books. Planet Plague, Smuggler's Planet, Rogue Planet. Which is the fake name? Should we just yell it out, or are we letting the listener... Uh... Yeah, I, I, this is... This is this is like Dora the Explorer where the audience has a chance no, to like the shout audience, out the answer before be, you sc- say it? Screw the audience. You guys go for it. <laughs> I'm going to say Rogue Planet is the I was, fake name. I was going to guess that too because it seems the most it seems yep. the most obvious. Yep. As mm-hmm. the, yeah. The fake name is Smuggler's Planet. Ooh. Dang it. All right, now we've got, we've got three uh, Jedi books. Jedi Trial, Jedi Twilight, and Jedi Quest. Is Jedi Twilight about like Jedis that are also vampires? There's only one way to find out. <laughs> is Jedi Quest related to Viking Quest? I, I forgot what the first one was. The now. question we, back we, is strange here. We, They're we not got, choosing answers. We got Jedi Trial, <laughs> Jedi Twilight, Jedi Quest. One's guess, fake, we're saying? One is fake. I would guess Jedi Twilight, even though that seems like the very obvious guess. Jedi Quest is the fake name. If nobody reads the book, Joe, it, aren't they all fake? First off, all <laughs> these books are in the woods amazing. Kind of things. I've read all these books, but the fake one of those was Jedi Quest. Good work, Patrick. Yeah, yeah. I did my homework. <laughs> all right, we got three Dawn books. Rebel Dawn, A New Dawn, Dawn of the Dark Side. I don't like this game. <laughs> do we give many more of these? <laughs> <laughs> yes, I do. Okay, Rebel Dawn... <clears throat> What was the Rebel Dawn, A New Dawn, Dawn of the Dark Side. I'm going to guess A New Dawn is a fake one. Mac Attack? Sure, same. Dawn of the Dark Side is the fake one. So I was going to say that if you hadn't Sorry. sent me down that path. And then I'll write, I would also like to note that as um, as I'm sitting here, I just realized that there is a Star Wars poster on the door. So Yes, no, we are, we are in Star Wars Central here, guys. <laughs> uh, okay, the, this is the final one from this, from this category. Three more books. Origin, Outcast, Omen. Origin is the fake one. I would guess Omen. Patrick, once again, Origin is the fake one. Woo! Because well, we never want to get into the origin of everything That's right. when it comes to Star Wars, it right? Limits, it limits our memory. Now, right. Dave, I have, I have a second part to this that you have not taken yet that we could do here. Yes. Now, this is, these are character names from the Star Wars, and, and, and these are... Uh, two true and and then we'll start with some droids, some some robots from the greatest Star Wars universe. We have 4BT, 21B, and triple zero. Uh, the first one is not a real one. I would guess the same thing. Oh, we're playing as well. Uh, I would say triple zero is not the name of a real. 4BT is the fake name. That is correct, Dave. <sighs> That's, really that's all I, instincts right there. I'm really glad I hitched my answer to your wagon. <laughs> <laughs> all right, then we got uh, some more characters here. Sim Alu, Cassian Andor, Jom, <laughs> Jom Argius. I guess the last one since you kind of pronounce it. Yeah, as a Star Wars nerd, you got to get the names right, and I'm guessing that you couldn't say it because you... Yeah, where'd you get all the fake ones from? <laughs> well, so, so you are correct with John Argus, but I did take two real names and put them together. Oh, okay, I got gotcha. you. So Argus is he's in there somewhere. <laughs> right, he's going to happen at some point. There's going to be some sort of procreation that right. creates him. And here is, okay, there are, here are three Banes. We have Darth Bane, Shara Bane, Cad Bane. Was one Shower Bane? Shara. Oh. 
And, and I don't think that's like a Kennedy pronunciation either. It's not Shara. <laughs> Shara Bane. Joey Bane. No, that wasn't one. Um, I'm going to go with Cad Bane. Sounds like an egg. I was just going to say, I don't it know. sounds like an sounds Easter. Like an egg. Darth, Easter Star Darth Bane. Character. Darth Bane. The fake one. Shara Bane. Uh, and finally, you gotta end with Ewoks, guys. Three Ewoks spot the fake Ewok. Legit did not know that Ewoks had names. <laughs> we have we have Del Miko, Logre, and Chief Chirpa. I would guess the second one. Chief Chirpa. Del Miko. Del Miko, real Star Wars character, not an Ewok though, guys. Oh, trick question. That was really sneaky. That got us going. That that started us out here. So, as we're going through this, Cantina Band's in the background, by the way. Um, all of you have been wondering what you're listening to behind us. That is the noise that you're hearing. Oh yeah, it sounds great. <laughs> here in studio, it's really pumping. <laughs> but the, the power of, of uh, recording this and editing it, that's Cantina Band in the background. Um, as we're looking at the universe that Star Wars is in, I don't see lawyers anywhere. I see trade representatives, I see senators, I see an emperor that has complete control. I I guess maybe if you're looking at it, the Jedi's are the are closest thing that there are to to lawyers in in the universe. I, Joe, what do you what do you think on that? Well, no, um I mean and I uh, this is I mean I mean I think one of the one of the reasons that Star Wars works is that you know, you have, it is missing the legal branch, and that's what leads to all this conflict, because we've got the emperor, the executive branch, we got the imperial senate, which clearly can't get shit done, that's the, you know, legislative, but, you know, you don't have any nerds there to tell everybody what the rules are, and so everybody just gets out of hand, and so, yeah, I think you're right that the Jedis are probably the, the closest to that, they're, I mean, they're supposed to, ostensibly we're told that they're supposed to show up in these places and kind of calm people down, they usually end up using their space lasers to cut people's limbs off, which I think is kind of counterproductive. <laughs> but uh, I think that's what they're supposed to be. So, right, so it's still, there's some enforcement there, right? They're, they're not just the impartial judiciary, there's, there's some enforcement, some, some law enforcement aspect to it. Um, much like my favorite movie of all time, Judge Dredd. Right. Um, with a great Sylvester Stallone character that really stands up to the test of time. Well, <clears throat> one other issue that that is that is out there is even deciding like whose laws to follow. I mean, if if we're, if half half the galaxy is in agreement that the Federation or anyone who's who's allied with the Federation is making the rules, then those are one set of rules to follow. Or do you follow the rules of everybody else or the rebellion or? Well, and it's just like I mean, I, I love how in in science fiction it's like assumed that like. Well, this whole planet kind of speaks for itself. I'm like, heck, on Earth, we can't get, like, yeah. a group of ten people to agree on anything, let alone, like, well, obviously, you know, this whole planet's on the same team. I'm like, I don't think you've ever been to a planet before. That's, <laughs> that's not really how we work. Right, right. And I do like Joe's um, description of how lawyers could really save the day if, if we had our say in this. And then there wouldn't be any story, unfortunately for George Lucas to make his billions off of and Disney to continue to do that. But I, I like to think that some of those scenarios, when you're looking at it, 
yeah, if they just if there just was one of us there, right? That's that's the hero mentality I like to bring to any scenarios. Lawyers would have would have won the day, but anyway, I, well, I mean, I, at, at the very least, lawyers would have been there to stop the emperor from seizing control of the Senate. Like that was that's, I mean, there would have been there would have been lawsuits up the wazoo. Now, Patrick, you were telling us before we started recording that you thought Jar Jar Binks was the real lawyer of Star Wars. Can you elaborate on that? I had a I had a Jar Jar Binks towel when I was so when I was a kid. My aunt bought me and my two cousins, my cousin, my two cousins, and myself uh, three Star Wars to- Star Wars towels, and she let them choose the towels before I got there. So of course you got Jar Jar, and I got Jar Jar Binks, and I think I still have it. I'm pretty sure. Uh, but no, I don't. I, that is made up. That I said that the Jar Jar Binks is the most at, like a lawyer out of. I have to, I have to step characters. in here. The Phantom Menace, a Phantom Menace, the Phantom Menace, whatever the, it is, the the, the Phantom Menace. <laughs> Tread lightly, Dave. Is yeah, do you want to say In this? my opinion, the best Star Wars movie oh, in the franchise. Why are you saying that, Dave? And why I, do I you have, hate yourself? I have to own my opinion on this <clears> because. I, I think Phantom Menace is the best movie um, by far. You don't have Hayden Christensen uh, run into the ground. You don't have a, a You're creepy... Jake Lloyd. He's even worse. <laughs> <laughs> is that the kid? That's the kid. I can back all the Jake ones with Natalie Portman. That's, that's my two cents. Uh, that, that, Natalie Portman rules the day. And then you, you don't have a creepy uh, Hamill just really making it strange. So D- I know, here, here we go. I'll, I'll grant you the wonderful status of... The Phantom Menace. <laughs> if you can answer me one question about The Phantom Menace. Mm, mm-hmm. Who in the movie, The Phantom Menace, is <laughs> The Phantom Menace? That is a great question. It is, Dave. You would think that would be a question that would be answered in a movie. I've seen it has that. never been answered. <laughs> I've seen that movie at least 12 times, and I can say definitively that I have no idea. No. No, no. George, I don't think George knew. Yeah. <laughs> so it's just made up. Just a made up title. It's just a made yeah. up title. Doesn't make any sense. Stra- kind of just assumed it was Darth Maul, but I don't know why. Just no. he's a bad guy and it sounds like a scary name. Fun fact about The Phantom Menace is that when that was theatrically released in theaters. In 1999, I just looked it up. 1999. Nailed it. <laughs> Hasbro, <laughs> Hasbro paid Lucasfilm $1.7 million as a thank you bonus for releasing it so that they could then make and produce all their wonderful Star Wars collectibles, which at the time they had paid $335 million over 10 years. Hasbro had paid to Lucasfilm for the rights to uh, merchandise, to produce merchandise with Star Wars theme on it. So that's a fun fact that $1.7 million directly went to Lucasfilm for releasing that. They didn't have to sell a single ticket, and they were going to make some money off of Hasbro. I think money well spent. Yes. (laughs) And that that gets into a wider um, discussion topic, unless anybody else wants to back me up on The Phantom Menace. So Wait, hold on a second. (laughs) Back to Hasbro and this $1.7 million. Did they purchase, like, a license to make? Yeah. Or was it cash in, like, a briefcase? What? I'm not really picturing what Republic you're credits. Here. 1.7 million Republic credits, I, I assume believe. They took standard, I assume they took standard Hollywood payment. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> so, so under the agreement, which I found 
on the web somewhere. Um, the ten year World Wide Web. The World Wide we're gonna, Web. Because we're talking about 1999, you're going to call it that. Exactly. Exactly. And in that agreement, it shows that they have these bump ups. They pay the, over the ten years. They pay a hundred million dollars every three, three years and three months. But then they have these bump ups where when there's a theatrical release, they'll give the 1.7 million. When they release on film in VHS form, because it was 1999, was that before DVDs? It was right around. Was it Betamax the, time? <clears throat> that was right around the break of DVDs. Yeah. They were probably out, but players were probably like seven, eight hundred bucks. Blu-ray. Blu-ray was yet to come out. I think Blu-ray was like oh seven. I think it was real to real at that point. What's what's the what's the other Blu-ray? HD DVD. Which did not do well. Did you happen to have both systems? No, I didn't. I bought a Blu-ray at the tail end. I have two Blu-rays. I have... No, I think I have three. I have Superbed. I have Space Jam. Uh, and, and and Casino Royale. Three. I also own Space Jam. All right. <laughs> what has happened? What is happening here? Space Jam will be talked about later. Um, he did say it was going to be a tangential episode. <laughs> <laughs> That's almost a Star Wars movie there. Sp- space Jam. There's space in the title. Those are that? three good movies to have if you're going to have three movies on Blu-ray. <laughs> well, I'll right? tell you what. They definitely would catch it three very different moods, wouldn't they? <laughs> yeah, I think my Blu-ray collection consists of all the Harry Potters. Sure. Um, Space Jam. <laughs> and Frozen. So, the people who were producing Space Jam decided <laughs> that they really they were going to make their money off of the blu-ray sales apparently right they just that's yeah that they was printed the goal. a lot of those they, they apparently just, because two people in the room have it um, on i think blu-ray. it was right after michael jordan um did the whole haynes or haynes uh, bacon collar ad so that's probably when they tried to capitalize on right. michael jordan's um haynes fame we'll uh we'll chewy on that a little bit more it is, Joe. Oh, okay. <laughs> um, I can't handle this, you guys. <laughs> if, if we could get back to the sale, because it's really, there's a lot to the sale um, to Disney um, from Lucasfilm. And so as we've looked at the valuation of the Lucasfilm Enterprise, Empire rather, Lucasfilm Empire, before uh, we get off a of space ship, did you guys know this, the original website's still up? Unfortunately, yeah. I didn't. Sorry, know that. sorry These to jump beautiful. in. And what is that for everybody listening at home? Warner, uh, Warner Bros. Well, just Google Space Jam website because it's on the Warner Brothers website. There but is still a, a Space Jam Warner. The original. Okay. All right. Sorry to sorry to cut you off. I just thought the plug. Well, and before also, I would like to say that I have no issue in any movie where Hayden Christensen's face is showing. So. But Jumper, that was that was his best work, right? Finally talking about Jumper. We are here, guys. <laughs> I don't, have I seen Jumper? Jumper is the one where he has a weird magic wand typey thing that allows him to transport anywhere on the planet. And he's hunted down by, you guessed it, Samuel Jackson. <laughs> I don't think I've seen I think we've now yet. lost our only viewer. Which, well, listener, I guess it would if be. If anybody's viewing this right now, you are on the wrong platform. It's amazing. But at least you can see Patrick's Star Wars, I mean, uh, Space Jam website. Hey, so. and, and don't worry, as always, we'll say hello to our one listener, Dave's mom. Thanks, Hi. mom. Hi, Dave's mom. Love you. <laughs> hey, my mom listened to the last one. Ooh. Say hi to Jordan's mom. Hi, hi Stephanie. Mom. 
Hey, Stephanie. A, a shout out to all of our listeners, and thank you to Warren Buffett for Dairy sponsoring Queen. this podcast and for Dairy Queen, except for the pumpkin pie. Thank you, Warren. Actually, I have Blizzard. three. I have three. Uh, things that are true about Stephanie. One thing that is a lie. We'll see if no, I'm kidding. <laughs> <laughs> it's an interactive podcast with our listeners. Little did you know, this is what you're getting into. Um, so, in the in the um, the world of Lucasfilm, let's go back to the beginning. Now, when George Lucas made the original Star Wars, for those of you at home who don't know this story. He um, was doing this with 20th Century, 20th Century Fox, correct? That is yes. correct. I believe that's correct. I'm not going to ask correct on every single. I actually wish we had like a little ding, ding, ding on right. Family Feud or whatever. <laughs> so, 20th Century Fox says, "Okay, go make Star Wars. We're not talking about sequels. It's the original. That's the only thing that they're they're interested in." He decides to say, "I'm going to cut my salary for being a director." $150,000 down to $150,000 from $500,000 I believe if you give me the rights to merchandise which wasn't a thing at the time actually 20th Century Fox had lost its lunch on Dr. Doolittle merchandise in 19 late 1960s because nobody wanted to buy amazing Dr. Doolittle Toys. I've still got my Rex Harrison action figure. I don't know what, what those clowns are missing out on. So, so, so they said, we don't care about that. He also said, oh, and the distribution rights on the sequels. So they, they negotiated that away, and that's what George Lucas, Lucasfilm, made their mint on was seeing into the future when, all, when film is not just about box office receipts. It's also about the merchandising, which Disney has seen, and really that's what they purchased for $4 billion, more than even a successful film franchise, is the merchandising rights um, that are worth, I believe somebody valued it at $80 billion total. Right, when I, and I didn't mention this when you first said $4 billion, but like, Disney getting Lucasfilm for $4 billion was a steal. Mm -hmm. Like, that's, they are printing money with that, I mean, just with merchandising alone. I mean, Star Wars is ubiquitous now. It is everywhere. I mean, because back, back in back in the nerd days of the early 90s, I mean, if I wanted Star Wars, it was those, you know, nerdy Star Wars books, or you just had to watch the originals. It's, now it's, I mean, we're, we're getting, guys, we are getting one new Star Wars movie a year. It's, a, it's awesome. And it's, they're all really good. It's too. amazing. They're all really good. I'm really happy about the whole thing. <laughs> now, when it, when it comes to the, the world of of Star Wars um, merchandising, though, and, and use of Star Wars, which you said it's ubiquitous, right? As, as more Star Wars is getting out there, though, Disney has really cracked down on creative use by superfans named Joe Bradley and others um, to, to use the Cantina Band that we have playing in the background right now for everybody at home. Um, they, and any likenesses, all those things that used to be you know, if a fan made a, a fan movie or whatever, it was it wasn't a problem. George was fine with it. But now Disney lawyers, the Evil Empire, they're cracking down. They're making sure that the only people that can really use Star Wars creative licensing are their sister brands, Lego, things like that, um, other Disney products. And um, it's kind of been kind of been a, a buzzkill in some ways for the Joe Bradleys of the world. 
Oh, I don't know. I mean, it's for for what I lack in being able to put pirated stuff online. I mean, I'll, there's there's everything I could want. I mean, I I literally I own guys. I own a Millennium Falcon drone. It is shaped like a Millennium Falcon. It's a drone. I can fly it around, scare the hell out of my dog. It's amazing. <laughs> like this night, anything that I could think of. Some rich nerd has already made it better, so I don't even care. Didn't the city of Omaha um, outlaw change the the law on drones? Are they still allowed? I know Will Acosta Trail was working on the changing the law for drones in town, taking everyone's fun away. Well, no, I think I think a couple years back there was a case where so uh, Methodist Hospital right off Dodge there, there was like a a patient up on like the third or fourth floor. And they're just hanging out in their room, and all of a sudden, like, this drone comes up right outside the window, and it caused a big brouhaha. And the guy was like, it's not illegal. And they're like, yeah, but you're a super creep. <laughs> Don't do that. And that kind of got got the ball rolling in terms of maybe we should regulate this. Gotcha. But I guess if we're, if we're going on that tangent right now, aren't there already peeping Tom laws? There, there's laws already that could probably work, too. Sure, uh, but then you have to get into, like, is a drone, like, like a person can't look in... Right. To like any window. Are you right. telling me you that can't, I can't get a really super tall ladder and climb up it with a video camera? Well, no, like there's already laws, already laws that say you can't put like a camera in some shady right, place. but like, like in a dressing room. But yeah. some would say like if the camera's on the drone, like, are you looking in that window? Is the drone looking in that window? I guess it's not real time. I, I don't think that's how they work. No, it, it, it would be recording it and then you would view it later. No, there's some I've seen somewhere. They they have like an iPad screen. Yeah. And, like, that's how they fly it. Like they All look. the DJ, DJI drones are live view, mm -hmm. so you can see what's, what, the, what the drone is seeing as, as you're viewing it. This is a good tangent that I'm going to bring back in. <laughs> so is. the first time we actually are talking <laughs> about a legally related topic, we're, we're just bailing on it which, right away. Which is the technology as, as it develops here right. in the world that we live in, the Earth 2017, is we're developing... <laughs> robotics to fly themselves, AI, everything like that. Uh, but, but as we're talking about the, and you look at Star Wars and incredible technology, as Joe said, they have lightsabers, they can move at light speed, do the Kessel Run in 12 parsecs, which is an amazing phenomenon um, that we can deep dive into. It's really fast. Which is, you might think parsecs is a unit of time but it is a unit of distance I, I can do i can do a short deep dive into parsecs guys so please do so the kessel run is it's impressive is <laughs> no it's so hansel always always brags that he did the kessel run in under 12 parsecs or 12 parsecs or whatever and it's not it does not mean that the millennium falcon is fast it means that his navigation computer takes chances so it's usually when people in the Star Wars universe, chart a space flight. They have to go around black holes and stars and stuff like that. And so they know about how long a trip is going to take. Everybody's light speed is the same, so it should all take about the same time because they have these routes that they go to avoid right. stuff. Han Solo lives dangerously, so he cuts close to stars, he cuts close to planets, he cuts close to black holes. So th the fact that he gets it done is less about how fast his ship is and more about what a reckless person he is. Right, okay. <laughs> So that's kind of similar. So I had to go out to Western Nebraska this summer. Exactly. The same. And <laughs> right, how right. many parsecs did it take you? <laughs> well, less parsecs than it probably should have. Okay. Would be the would the sure. because we we took a turn and took a, a like a cattle road for the last like seventy miles. Otherwise, we would have had to take like a hundred thirty mile 
detour, but exactly. instead we took the cattle road and exactly. we got there in under 12 parsecs. <laughs> <laughs> Patrick McNamara, the Han Solo of Omaha Legal Community. I'm glad you said it because we're all thinking. <laughs> <of it. laughs> um, so as we're talking about, and, and another tangent here on the parsecs, if he's traveling for 12 parsecs at the speed of light, in his mind, it may have been a half a day travel, but to everybody who wasn't traveling at the speed of light, it was 40 years. So, so everyone older. gets old, yet not in the... Re- okay. That's the plot of The Martian, right? The plot of The Martian. I interstellar. The plot of The Interstellar. Interstellar, where right. he stays the same age and his daughter gets older. I think The Martian... I think it happened in The Martian, too. No, The Martian just went to Mars. That's... It's not, not a light year away, it's <laughs> several potatoes. thousand miles away. Yeah, you're right. If only you're we knew what planet the Martian took place on. <laughs> yeah, if only there was some sort of clue in the name. You are well, we'll never know. completely right about. <laughs> Better move on. So, so te- technology is incredibly advanced in many aspects in the Star Wars world. Um, for some of the people, not for all the people. But in general, there is an advancement of the technology. However, it seems to be beyond them to understand a way to get the plans of the Death Star to the Rebel Alliance without having to like plug it in physically, which seems incredibly stupid to me. But what do I know? Well, no, I mean, that's, that's what was so crazy. It's like, because we, we were talking a little bit about this before. We live in this, they live in this universe where they have light speed, there's space wizards, they have laser swords, uh, they can do all these crazy things. They don't yeah, they have not yet mastered the email attachment. Right. They, like, literally, to get the Death Star plans, they had to go into a building, physically remove something in a small, like, imperial purse or whatever that thing was that they had, <laughs> and then put it into another thing that looked like a tape deck, use, like, a 1980s, you know, illegal Japanese cable dish to shoot it to another ship, that put it onto another disc, that put it onto another ship, that then took off from that larger ship. What? This is a, a rapid-fire round, but as we're talking Ooh. about sequels, my, my favorite sequel being a prequel um, in the Star Wars trilogy, what are your favorite sequels of all time? I want to get, get this out here, because I think when we're talking about Star Wars, really we're talking about how the next one can be superior or equal to the original, and that's what holds it up in many respects. Um, but it seems like today sequels are ubiquitous, they're everywhere, but are any of them any good? And what do you, what do you guys have for, for sequel, good sequels? Space Jam 2, I don't know if it's it's in production, post-production maybe? I think no. it is, right, with LeBron James, or at least there have been, ch- been chats, about, chats about it. Probably um, won't be I as good as the first one. Wearing yeah. my, oh, wow, we're all wearing our Cavaliers colors instead of Joe. <laughs> yeah, we are. So, I mean, other than Joe. I really wish this question had been posed previously, because I have movies that I think are on the tip of my tongue, or but maybe not. I, yeah. Well, I mean, I'll, I'll start us off. Yep. The gold standard of the sequel, Godfather Part Two. No? I know Wait, that... You're, you're making a face about the Godfather Part Two. Great movie. The first one... I, I, I agreed. I'm not, okay. I'm not here so, to argue. Uh, we're, so the, we're not saying that... We're not saying superior. We're just saying It doesn't saying have to eclipse the first one. No. No, okay. it just has, to, has yeah. to be a sequel that is very good. Godfather Part Two. Yeah. Sure. Do you want to be... More upset than you just were. Oof. Because I've never seen those movies. No, wow. I, you should go see the first one. 
<laughs> and maybe the second one. The first two, maybe the second one. Come wow. Sure. Skip, definitely skip the third one. Yeah. Definitely skip the third one. No, I mean, that's they're very good. They're very, very good. But uh, no, I mean, that, Jordan, that is not a Dave Phantom Menace-esque type comment. <laughs> Everyone go see, if you haven't seen a Star Wars movie yet, go see The Phantom Menace as your first Star Wars movie. You will be hooked. <laughs> oh, maybe uh, American Pie too. <laughs> that really Stifler really came into his yeah. own in that one. Scary yeah. movie three. Yeah. Scary. Right. All right. Yeah. That was just an aside. I wanted to get in sequel. Um, oh, sequel there's so title. many that I could have used that update on sequels or a, or a, a pre. Uh, we we can come back to it at the end. We can cut it in. You ponder. Right. Ponder. Yeah. I just leave you like a voicemail of sequels I like and then <laughs> you can... This is Patrick, the fourth Harry Potter. Goodbye. Because <laughs> oh. there is a legal framework. Always, guys. Uh, always. <laughs> <laughs> um, Joe, you mentioned a contract. Lord of the Rings 2 and 3? <laughs> He's ready. <laughs> and we're going back to sequels. What did you say there, Motormouth? <laughs> what was that, Jade? I sold, I guess. Uh, Lord of the Rings 2 and 3. So we got uh, Return of the King is the third one. No, Two Towers. Two Towers. Is the <laughs> no, it's the second one. Oh, yeah, yeah. That ret- I did it. <laughs> yeah. Two Towers, Return of the King. Fellowship of the Ling, the ring, first. <laughs> Fellowship, of the, that. Fellowship of the Ling is that movie about Lisa Ling? <laughs> <laughs> and if we're talking about that, um, there was a great lawsuit against... Um, a porn production called Star Balls out of San Francisco. It was a parody of the Star Wars films. Now, Dave, you were telling me before that you watched this in preparation for the podcast? I, I, I did. Um, hand Solo uh, and uh, <laughs> Chewaki, um, two characters that I thought were really portrayed well, good acting. Um, but, but no, Mom, please uh, do not listen to this part. Um, the, the lawsuit was dismissed with prejudice, um, Disney claimed that children were going to be adversely affected by this Star Balls film, which um, it was seen as frivolous by the judge and thrown out in the lovely circuit out there in California that loves their porn. Now, Dave, better Star Balls or the Phantom Balls? (laughs) Well, actually, I was going to ask you, (laughs) whose acting is better, Hayden Christensen or the actors in Star Balls? Oh. You know, sight unseen, I'm going to go the actors in Star Balls. <laughs> you're, you're really splitting hairs there. I don't know. Star Balls? Which was actually a scene from Star Balls. <laughs> you're really splitting hairs there. <laughs> Nail, nailed it, guys. Nailed it. What, what were we talking about? Which they also did Star- in Star Balls. <laughs> wow. Really good. Really good. Oh, Which wow. was also said in Star Balls. <laughs> That's what she said. Uh, uh, let's see. Okay. In the first podcast, we talked about this that nobody else heard but us, Joe. Um, but Harrison Ford, and we're talking about the whole Lucasfilm that was sold, also had Indiana Jones. And Crystal Skull is obviously the best sequel of all time, uh, if we're talking about sequels, Joe. Uh, but Blasphemy! <laughs> but um, Harrison Ford being the lead actor in Indiana Jones movies, but also uh, a bit actor in the Star Wars franchise. The intertwinedness of the contracts not, between definitely not the one I'm for. for sure not. Uh, well, here maybe I'm, I'm a 30 life preserver here. 
So when <laughs> when when Lucasfilm sold Star Wars, uh, they they wanted to make another Star Wars. And they wanted to bring Harrison Ford on. Now Harrison Ford had never liked playing Han Solo. He wanted he was he's one of them to kill Han Solo since the beginning. He didn't like it. He always liked the Indiana Jones movies because I mean if you think about it, he was a minor character in the Star Wars movies. He was the main guy in Indiana Jones. And so part of the deal that we kind of found out after The Force Awakens is he agreed to come back on the sole promise that they would kill him in the movie and let him make one more Indiana Jones movie. And so they are apparently going to make... I, I, I don't know who he's going to be fighting. I mean, if we're following the Indiana Jones timeline, I mean, the Cold War might even almost be over at that point. I mean, maybe he's going to fight the Taliban. I don't know what he's going to be up to. Uh, but yeah, it's Harrison Ford... Uh, for, for as much as we loved watching him play Han Solo, he was never a huge fan. And the compensation package that he got compared to people that had similar levels of parts in the the last one, uh, he got a lot more because his character died off and he got a larger percentage of the um, the proceeds from the ticket sales and everything like that because they were going to do a spinoff with the original cast more movies and everything. Well, I think they probably tricked Mark Hamill in that movie because I'm sure they said, Mark, come back. We'll pay you a million dollars per word in the movie. And then, you know, he shows up in the last ten seconds and doesn't say anything. Doesn't say anything. <laughs> <laughs> you win this round, Lucasfilm. <laughs> uh, another interesting thing about the original cast, Carrie Fisher uh, recently passed away and Disney put out a life insurance policy of $50 million and they collected on it because... They had to CGI, well, they had to CGI her anyway, but they had to CGI her more because she was not there to play the the person. And so that was the largest um, payout, I, I believe, on a, a business um, death claim for an actor ever in history. It just seems so creepy that other people can take out an insurance policy on someone's life. I mean, it's because it's, it was always funny because you always hear the stories like, Jennifer Lopez insured her butt for a million dollars or something. And like, it was all well and good because her, her, guys, don't worry, her butt is fine. But, uh, you know, like, I don't, could, could somebody take an insurance policy on me? Like, well, we, we actually do, um, in our partnership agreements occasionally, we'll do buy sell agreements. That way, if someone were to pass away, the business has funds in order to purchase the, uh, the, the, the deceased partner's, uh, percentage of the company so that the, so that the estate can be funded without ending up with a third of some company that the estate wants no business in. So that's, it's pretty common in that, but there's a there's a legitimate purpose there, and I guess there's a legitimate purpose in in knowing that you know if Carrie Fisher were to pass away, that they're gonna have to create a massive incur a massive cost of CG and iron. But, but will they? They because they've already come out and said that they're not gonna do. <coughs> They're not going to do a CGI Carrie Fisher. Right. That's what I was going to ask. I mean, are there? I was going. I was wondering if there were scenes where it was seriously not Carrie Fisher, just CGI Carrie Fisher. Well, no. So the in the in the, in the last Jedi, the one that's about to come out, they finished filming on that. So all so all the stuff in that was done. But it so it's we'll have to see. We don't know if she was going to be killed off in this movie and be in the the next one. But yeah, they've already said they're not going to do CGI. Now they have been silent. They have not said if they're going to recast, which would be tough. But I mean. If the next movie ends and it, you know, and there's a part where they need, you know, Princess Leia to be in, I they would have to do something, right? 
and the need to write around that $50 million hit, mm, I don't think they pay their yeah. writers that much. You almost wonder if you could put, the insurance company could have put like a condition subsequent on the in, on the payout to say, if you don't CGI, if, she, if we pay this out and you don't CGI, or you have, to, you have to give the funds back. Just like I ha- had to actually replace my roof with the right. insurance funds that I received? Exactly. Interesting. Yeah. I would love to see the policy and see how it's written. It's probably not written into that. Uh, Disney's probably just cashing in. But <laughs> Are you saying Disney only cares about money? How dare you, sir? <laughs> um, well, no, and I, I've, got, I've yeah. got one other Carrie Fisher thing. Yeah. It's just a fun Carrie Fisher story, and this kind of goes back to the merchandising. Carrie Fisher, her, her go-to joke always was that George Lucas made so much money off of the merchandising and the toys that literally every time Carrie Fisher looks in a mirror, she has to send George Lucas a check for five bucks because he, he owns everything about her, <laughs> which I think is, is a, a pretty classic Carrie Fisher joke that, uh, you know, that, that classy old broad will be missed. <laughs> I think, if nothing else, the moral of the story here is if you have the ability to retain the rights to some way of selling whatever the product is keep those rights because you may not see the writing on the wall now but the money could be flowing in down the way you never know how you can monetize that in the future so don't just don't just you know sign up for a podcast and sign away all your rights to the money incurred by that podcast we haven't done that yet, right? Wait, your so we have interest in that. So, Dave, when you make our action figures, uh, do we have to sign <laughs> something? <or? laughs> um, yes. Yes, you do. Sign away your ability to sue me when I create action figure dolls for you for all. Mm-hmm. Sure. If I get one, if you can give me one, I'll, we're, we're even. So, that, that, that's a good deal. I'll do that deal. <laughs> <laughs> so, a, a quick story. Obi-Wan, the character who plays Obi-Wan in the original movie, Name eludes me, a British actor. Alec Guinness. Alec Guinness of of Guinness fame. I don't, I don't think he was with the beer company. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm just making that up. Um, Alec Guinness helped George in writing that first one, helped in a lot of those scenes because George was a fairly new um, director, producer, everything like that. And, um, and right before it opened, George knew it was going to really pop. It was going to be a big hit. And he called up Alec and he said you know what, we're going to take that 2% to the, of all future earnings of this movie, we're going to give you a 2.5%. We're going to increase it 5%, because you, or 0.5%, because you really did a lot for me. Thanks so much. Call him on the phone. That's That was a phone conversation. So a couple of weeks later, the, the movie's popping, and, and Alex says, you know what, I should get that in writing. And he calls up the Lucasfilm attorney, probably only one attorney at the time, and he says, you know, I want to get that in writing, what, what George told me. He said, oh, yeah, that... That 0.25%, yeah, that quarter percent, we're, yeah, we'll get that worked out. Alec kept his mouth shut, and he signed for 0.25% instead of 0.5%, and that was a difference of, like, $9 million. I was going to add in a little um, anecdote about Carrie Fisher. Um, So, kind of a current event situation. We've all obviously heard about the um, controversy surrounding Harvey Weinstein. Well, apparently, um, screenwriter Heather Robinson said that she was in the car with an unnamed executive who she said was an Oscar winner. Um, He tried to force himself on her. She kept her mouth fairly shut, but told Carrie Fisher, who then hand-delivered a cow's tongue wrapped in a Tiffany box to this certain 
um, executive and what Heather recalls the note that accompanied this cow tongue saying was, if you ever touch my darling Heather or any other woman again, the next delivery will be something of yours in a much smaller box. (laughs) (laughs) That is amazing. Good, good, great. (laughs) Rest in peace, Carrie Fisher. You are loved. And with that, I think I'll take the bobby pins out of my, my buns. Let down my buns for the evening. Phrasing, dude. <laughs> Put away my lightsaber. That was in <laughs> Starballs, too. Resheath my lightsaber? God, phrasing. <laughs> and, um, and, and turn down the cantina band here in the background. Unless anybody else has anything, we will conclude this podcast. And thanks, Mom, again for listening. Thanks, Jordan's Mom, for listening. And thank you to all of the people here at the podcast for listening when it comes out. This is another Bar Talk podcast by the Omaha Bar Association. And let's thank Disney for continuing to put out awesome Star Wars movies, and hopefully they continue to do that. And next week, tune in for Two Truths, One Lies about Jordan's mom. (laughs) And thanks, Warren Buffett, for the gravy with chicken strips at Dairy Queen. Oh, yeah. Thanks again, Warren. We really appreciate it.